0: Welcome back. We are starting the 11th chapter of Filchot Kindush Chodesh. Finally, we are getting to Soda Aibur. and uh, more about this in, in the actual halachot about Soda Aibur. But just before we begin, I, I want us all to, first of all, I want to apologize. I I will probably not be able to give you as good an understanding of these halachot as they deserve. Um, first of all, I do not understand them myself so well. Second of all, the, the time wouldn't be enough for that. But I can tell you that it's incredibly helpful to either notate on a paper, with pen and paper, everything that we are saying and do, doing the calculations yourself. You may pause the recording and then continue it later. As you do so, or even use the diagrams and notations that are in some editions, like the edition of Macpili, or even the Yad Peshutafra by Rabinovitz, which are very, very helpful. in in understanding what's going on. Uh, One more thing, we will not understand this if we think of the world like we know the world is. So in order to understand these chapters, we have to start thinking a little more geocentrically. And I just want you to imagine for a second, uh, think of a model of, of the moon going around Earth, Earth with the moon going around the sun, and it's a mechanical model it's uh, operated by battery let's say and it has all of these things that make it turn and rotate so what would happen and the and earth rotating around itself so what would happen if you hold earth still and let everything else continue rotating so what would happen from the point of view of earth if you hold this model and let it continue working so The first thing that's going to happen is the rotation of Earth needs to be accounted for by the entire system. So the entire system is going to be rotating, if this model were real-time, every 24 hours around Earth. So if you are in New York facing the sky, uh, looking upwards, and you see that it changes every 24 hours, what's happening is, Uh, Every 24 hours, everything around you is rotating once in a way. In addition to that, much slower, in a much slower way, you'll notice that the moon rotates around Earth every 29 and a half and change days. And the sun rotates around Earth also every 365 and change days. So this is more or less the way we have to think about this. Earth is spherical. We are not on a flat Earth kind of world but we are holding Earth static and letting everything else move around us. Now, is that scientifically correct? Uh, No, in the sense of, from the point of view of things larger than the solar system, from the point of view of galaxies, what's moving is Earth around the sun and not sun. But from the point of view of Earth, everything is a matter of perspective, the frame of reference. If you take the frame of reference of Earth, you see it from someone who is perceiving things from Earth, yes, the Sun is moving. The whole world, the whole universe around us is moving. So this system that we are going to be describing and analyzing has, you have to imagine you're standing on top of that sphere, that Earth. And if you look up straight above you with some adjustments that we'll see, everything happens straight above you. And uh, straight above you, because that, that's pretty much where... Uh, so from east to west, what you'll see happening is every 24 hours, the way Hahamim described it, the way astronomers up to Copernicus described it, there is a galgal, there is a sphere that contains the entirety of the universe. And that sphere moves around every 24 hours. What we know today is a rotation of Earth. And then, on top of that, you also see the sun going from east to west and the moon going from east to west. Everything is going from east to west for a very simple reason. It's against the rotation of Earth. That is really what's happening. But you realize that without knowing these very basic things that we take for granted today, they still were able, in ancient times, to come up with a system that more or less worked. It definitely worked for purposes of the calendar to an, an astounding degree of precision given that we have said before that the bedin needed to always calculate to see if the moon was going to be seen or not before the witnesses come so we also know that anyone whose spirit is, is in the right place and his heart is yearning for understanding and knowing the wisdoms and knowing the true reasons for everything we said so far, the first 10 chapters didn't really explain much. They just gave us numbers to, to play around with. So such a person will also be very thirsty to know all of these calculations so that he could know when the moon can be seen, what night the moon can be seen or cannot be seen. And the 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 math itself the calculations there are significant differences significant mahlokot arguments among the, the 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 early the early non-Jewish sages that have investigated this tekufot means uh, times when certain astronomical events happen and gimatriot is not has nothing to do with counting the numerical value of letters but it really has to do with geometria which is a study of angles etc but it started as with a desire to 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 know the the metrics of earth geo means earth and metria is metrics so that's geometria, geometry in today's english the Anashim is saying very great people have made mistakes with these calculations. They ignored certain things. And because of that, they there were some things that became uh, became unknown to them. And there is even those that go to very, very fine calculations to the infinitesimal degree of something. But even with that degree of sophistication, the calculations, they still don't know the very basics in terms of knowing when the moon can be seen with precision. (laughs) It's like a person who goes and submerges themselves into, into very, very deep water. They used to, back in the day, Uh, dive in order to collect pearls from the water. So imagine someone who goes through the trouble of diving very, very deep, and all that he comes up with is a piece of glass. But as time went on, and more calculations were done, some Chachamim understood the very basics of these calculations. And moreover, we also have in these principles certain traditions that we received from our hachamim, the Jewish hachamim, and some other proofs that were not necessarily written in books that were available to everyone and because of these things I saw it appropriate to explain to elaborate this hashbon, these calculations so that this uh, is, is is well set out set forth for anyone whose heart brings him to to actually Come and engage in this subject, in this topic. By the way, these nine chapters, according to many, Harambam wrote them after finishing uh, at least Safar Zemanim. He went back and added these nine chapters. There was going to be a 10 chapter series, but then he added these nine chapters afterwards. Alejadalit. <laughs> says, Don't. Uh, underappreciate the value of this perakim just because we are not using this science to establish the months nowadays. (laughs) Because these paths, these ways, they are uh, not very accessible and they are very very profound. The hus, sod, and this is what hachamim called the sod, the the secrets of the ibur, of when the month needs to be extended. The great Chachamim used to know it, and they would be very careful about whom to transmit this to. One of the practical reasons for this might be because if they taught it to people who would then want to trick the Bedin, then they they would be able to to sort of uh, adapt their fake answers to what they know the Bedin is expecting to hear. A, a more real answer is that these calculations, as you'll see, especially for people back then, are pretty advanced and are not for anyone. But this calculation that is used when there is no bedin, in order to to to, to do it on the basis of Ra'iyah, the heshbon that we started in the first 10 chapters. Listen to this. She'anu <speaking in Hebrew> the one we use today. <speaking in Hebrew> Even children can get to learn the first 10 chapters in a matter of three or four days. That's not the deep stuff. Don't think that that's Soda'ibur. When Ha'chamim talk about Soda'ibur, they're talking about these 9 chapters, not the first 10. <speaking in Hebrew> if someone who is reading this Halakhot actually is well versed and has studied this from a Greek scientists or any anyone else and and he'll know he'll notice that, we use some approximations. We, Rambam says, we, we are not extremely precise on exactly the infinitesimal degree that, that could be. And and he might come to think that we were not as sophisticated as those Greek sages' books. No, the, the, don't, don't think that. Everything that we decided not to be Utterly precise on it. This is, this is actually the deliberate Zarambam, and sometimes, and for that, you need to actually know very well. You need to actually know very well what approximation will change the result over. various different calculations in which approximations are not going to change the result. So Arambam says when we understood very clearly with very certain proofs that approximating would not make a difference for purposes of Kiddusha hodesh, we use approximations. And that's why we were not as precise as you might find in other books that are germane to science, but don't think that we don't know this stuff, says Arambam don't think that the Jewish science of Sodaibur is any less sophisticated than the geometry and astronomy that the Greek sages can give you. Also, if you see that that there is a step that's missing, Uh, we may have skipped that step purposely. There is another advantage we are gaining by doing so. And then you'll get to the right conclusion in a similar way. Without engaging in the very long calculation, the very long formula. Not to scare people off who are not used to making so many calculations and all they want to know is when want to see the moon. These are the principles, Sizaram Arambam now, that the person must know in order to understand all the astronomical calculations These are them, number one. This is very simple, it sounds intimidating, but we are just warming up. Next chapter is going to be difficult, and then it's going to get even more difficult as we go on. But this chapter is pretty, pretty basic, and it's just very, very basic rules, uh, ground rules, let's put it that way, of uh, really the tools that we are going to use. Hagalgal mukhlaq. The the sphere, any sphere, is divided into 360 degrees. And as we said before, we further divide the sphere, the sphere of the heavens, in other words, the the nightly sky that you see around you, into 12, 12 sections. Each of these sections being of 30 degrees. That's 360 divided by 12. And each of them is going to have a name that's going to be called a mazal. So each mazal is 30 malot. the beginning of this sphere, mazal tale, is the beginning of the sphere, the, the, the mazal of tale, which is uh, tekufat nisan. And every degree of these 360 degrees is further subdivided into 60 parts. And each of these 60 parts is subdivided into 60 sheniot. Uh, it's like sub-degrees and sub sub And back in the day, they used to be called, um, they used to be called, this is a sexagesimal unit, unit subdivision, and it used to be called arc minutes and arc second. Um, so arc minutes and arc seconds, each one of them is 60, then each one of them is 60, the same that we do with hours, but in geometry, this is done with angles. So each degree corresponds to 60 halakim, each corresponds to 60 sheniyot. And then each sheniyah corresponds to 60 shelish and so on and so forth. If you want to be very, very, very precise, you can go infinitely and further subdivide each of those into more and more and more. So that's how you can do this in order to be more precise whenever you want. Therefore, if you calculate that a certain planet is going to be within the Galgal on 70 degrees, that's 70 degrees counting from the beginning of Taleh, and 30 parts, and 40 omim. Uh, now you know that this is in the Mazalte Omim. Because each mazal is thirty, and then there is an an order to the mazalot, as we are going to see, and that's where you fall. mazal ze, and within this mazal is at the middle of the eleventh degree. because you you passed thirty degrees mazal tale, Then thirty for mazal shor tale means means a little. Um, a little kid kid from the from a a an antelope and then uh is an ox taurus this is 30 as well nish ar and then what you have left is seven and a half of mazalte omim, which is the next one and then from the last one uh, you add the 40 shaniyot that we had also said that, that you wanted to find חלחתת. ו'Хани מיצמע כמו ב'ג'ר'ג'אל ב'שלושה מאות ו'עשרים מעלות'. Also, if in the Galgal you'll see that uh, a certain point you want to find is in three hundred and twenty מעלות degrees, תדasha כוחה ב'מ'ז'אל דלי ב'א'סימ' מ'א'ל'ב'ו', you'll know that this is this falls in מ'ז'אל uh in in the twenty, in the twentieth degree of מ'ז'אל דלי. And that's how you can do for all of them. And this is the order of the mazalot. This is all very helpful if you have it in front of you and you can see it, especially if you see it around the circle. Again, very simple stuff. This is just arbitrary names and they come to signify different portions, one out of 12 of a sphere or of a circle even. Halahayot Beholah the cabesherit is reader oxetosif minyan, shim, the simoto heliki ulmata, hashbon. So again, very simple. Uh, whenever you have units and subunits and sub subunits if the sub subunits can make subunits cancel them out and add them to the, to the subunit and then if the subunits can make units add them to the units. and then if the units <laughs> exceed 360 uh, redu- uh cancel out every 360 and start counting from that moment and on because you have just made a full circle Now, a simple mathematical aid that I'm saying whenever you, you want to subtract A from B in degrees and A is greater than B, so just add 360 to B and then subtract B from A, it's going to be the same exact thing an example, How so? Let's say that your calculations require that you subtract 250 halakim and forty shenyot, from one hundred degrees, and twenty halakim. And 30 so how do you do this uh given that you're dealing with different kinds of units so one very simple thing you can do is just add to the one that doesn't have uh, that, that that has a so you want to subtract 200 from 100 right so what do you do so add to the 100 360, then you get 460, and then do 460 minus um, minus um 200. All of this is very self-explanatory, very intuitive. I, I don't think we need to explain it too much. It's really impressive how Rambam is explaining math with words. It's always a very difficult task, especially in, in the Hebrew that developed up till the time of the Mishnah that wasn't fully developed. So, really, the mastery of the Hebrew here is astounding for anyone who wants to enjoy it in the original. But basically, I'm going to explain everything at the end ave mala hat vasita the nimsash kaftet geraon So Aramam is saying something very obvious, and we do that with ours if you need to subtract, let's say. Uh, 37 minutes from an hour and 10 minutes so you have to convert the first hour to 60 minutes and then add those up and then That's how you do it. Then you add it back to the original hour something that we do every single day. So I am sure we Would not have a problem going through this math ourselves השמש והיראה so a few things none of which we need to agree with today. Haramami is saying that all the stars and all the planets that we see moving have a constant movement. Their speed is consistent and it's constant. There is no acceleration whatsoever. And that is within their sphere, within their orbit. However, the orbits around Earth, Earth is not perfectly in the center of these orbits. It's a little bit misaligned that is correct. That, that's tr- very true for our days as well. Uh, we see it not as, 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 as uh, round orbits, we see it as elliptical orbits, but this second element is correct. And then they had to go through further adjustments to explain certain acceleration that we know does exist, but they had a different way to understand it, that from the point of view of Earth, it works to a certain extent. However, the Galgal, the large sphere, the one that has all the little stars, right? That's the way they saw it. they They saw Earth in the center, and then the largest galgal is the one that has all the little stars in it the one that turns around every 24 hours because really Earth is turning around itself. But that galgal does have Earth in the center. So think about what that means. That means that the sun vis-a-vis that galgal is not going to go at the same speed because it's the circle is a little bit off. And therefore, the the amount of degrees with respect to that galgal, the sun goes during one quarter might be different than the amount of degree it goes the other quarter ala khat et vav ham mahalah hashave she mahalah al kawkab wa ash-shams wa al yarih bikalgala huwa nikra im sahm mahalah ya mahalah shi ye bikalgala mazalat shu ya'amin yatelu ya'amin wa wa mahalah ye makom ash-shams there is going to be two names here that we are going to use. One is Hammahala hashaveh, the average uh, orbit of the sun, and that is the sun around its own orbit at a constant speed. But then you have also ha-amiti, the true orbit with respect to Earth, which depends also on the dislocation of the sun's orbit with respect to the galgal. and that is where we from. Earth point of view will find the sun or the moon. So we are not going to find it in a malach or following a malach That's pretty uh, irrelevant to us. It's, we need to know it to calculate a malachamiti, but it's the malachamiti that we really are after. We already said in perakim Aleph through Gimal all of these treatises of itchot kiddush haKodesh, the main point of it is to know where the moon is going to be. LeFichach asinu haIkar shemimenu matheilin leOlam leHashpansem teheilat leChamishish Yomu Yom Shlishi leKodesh Nissan mishanazosh. Sheishenat shva eshem mahzor resh samech. Sheishenat monoush loshimu tshami od ve'arbad alafim leYisira. Sheishenat tesho shanim ve'arba me'ot ve'lel shetarot. Sheishenat tesho uma ve'elef lechorban baiCheni. So Haramam is saying now, for this halachot, we are going to take one year as a year of reference, and it's the year in which he wrote this chapter, presumably. And it's very helpful this year here, not only because it's, it's helpful for this halachot, but generally Haramam is, what he's is doing here is, is, is giving us the same year in various different countings. So we can later, if you want to know, for example, how many years to the Hurban according to Harambam, so you look at you look at the year here, because he'll give you the year of the Beri Atta Olam, he'll give you the year of the Shitarot, and he'll give you the year of Horban uh, Abayt. So, uh, the, the, the 17th year of the 260th Mahzor of 19 years each from Bariyata Ulam, also was at that time the year 4,980 and 38 and which was for Shetarot, Shetarot is from the, 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 the time Alexander the Great started reigning which was a very common uh, yearly system used back then for the Shetarot the year is 1,489 which is, for Hurban Chani 900, sorry, 1,109 for Hurban Chani. And this is going to be what Aramam calls Shinata Aikar, whenever we refer to it, it's referring to that year. Halakha and because that the Re'ya, we only care about the Re'ya that's seen from Eretz Israel, we are also going to assume as a point of reference the city of Yerushalayim and its surroundings within a six or seven day radius because that's the radius that's going to capture people who come and give and this place deviates from from the, 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 the middle line cutting earth with what we call it Greenwich today but back in the day <coughs> this was this was um somewhere in india because they, they wanted to have the middle point of civilization and that's where they thought it was so Yerushalayim, if you take that point of reference it's north from that point 32 degrees At uh, it's until and the degrees are going to capture until 35 and until 29 and if you take it the degrees uh, of latitude not of longitude you're going to get uh, about 24 ma'alo, 24 degrees from India at the stream stream and then this is going to be true until the 27th longitudinal degree and uh, the 21st. So this finishes the first chapter of of Soda Ibur, the 11th chapter of This was very introductory, but coming up, the next chapter and on is going to really pick up the pace and the intensity.